0: It's that time again. It's Greek for the Week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It's the Greek for the Week podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. We're going to get right into it, and we've been studying the Beatitudes. We've been looking at probably what I refer to, and other theologians have called the Jesus manifestos, or the manifestos of being a Christian and what it takes to be a Christian before we get into this a little deeper, just want to say if you like the podcast, give it a five-star review and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can do that. It helps us out big time. And, uh, you know, I want to bring two more things on New Testament scholarship, things that can, if you're a preacher out there or a teacher, you can use It'll benefit your faith. That would be fantastic. Remember, Letters from Jesus, it is at an all-time low on Amazon. I don't set the prices. Amazon sets the prices based on who knows what. Amazon has a big algorithm. And it just does what it wants to do. And it is at at the moment, at the time of me doing this podcast, it's at $4.74. You spend less. That's less than what you spend getting fast food, if you eat fast food, really. So grab a copy. And now's a perfect time to grab a copy for a friend. Go on Amazon and just say, hey, I got you a letter from Jesus. makes a good gift. Buy it for your pastor. If you have Prime, it's free shipping. You spend less than $5 to give a great book to somebody and they'll be blessed by it And leave a review on Amazon Say, hey, five star review, great book Listen, we bring two Greeks for the week Every week And this really helps us out So, go on Amazon Pick up letters from Jesus The Beatitudes, Jesus manifestos And I said before, this is the, So important to understand this Because it, it's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Now, there are people today They they follow their political party They follow Democratic Party, Republican Party and maybe some people don't know why they're followers. Why why are you conservative? Why are you liberal? And there should be philosophy behind that. And just about everything you do in life should have some type of philosophy or worldview. When people are asked you why are you a Christian? Well, this is really one of the best places to start as why you're a Christian. Because you follow these things in the Beatitudes. And you'll see that if you the Beatitudes are the kind of preamble to the Sermon on the Mount where you have this Christian perspective of following Jesus that is so different from the Old Testament. I mean, it really is different. I'm not saying that you know, the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament, but now we're starting to see things in light of the coming of Jesus Christ. And Matthew paints a really great picture for us about what Jesus said following him means. And a lot of these things make us uncomfortable. Now, I would say that if you're a Christian out there and you... Don't have the Beatitudes in your heart. I want to encourage you to really start getting those into your spirit. We follow so many self-help today. I mean, America is a place of wellness, the wellness ideas, dieting, and having good health. Well, that's all good and great. But if you know that philosophy better than you know the philosophy of Christ here in the uh, Beatitudes, that's out of order. And I would say that's just irreversible priorities. Getting the Beatitudes in your heart is going to sustain you so you can be a follower of Christ. We can't just follow Jesus any way we want. we got to follow him the way that he taught us to follow him. Okay. And I've said that in the last podcast. Let's get in here. We talked about the word blessed, what blessed means. Makairoi or makairois means to someone that is going to envy you because you've unlocked some type of spiritual truth in life. And it becomes evident after a while to the people around you that you're not going with the flow. You're actually different from those people. Something about you, you subscribe to a different doctrine. You follow a different path. You follow a different way. And so being a follower of Jesus is more than just putting a bumper sticker on your car or wearing, you know, one of those really cheesy Christian t-shirts that just, you know, not in good taste. You know, there's a lot of people that do that. That's kind of like the cheap way to follow Christ if it's following him at all. And I get the enthusiasm behind it. But when it comes down to it, God's not really impressed with your t-shirts, not impressed with the bumper stickers, not impressed with your Facebook posts. He wants to see if you're following these things here, like the Beatitudes. And fourth, so the first one, the very first one that he says, okay, Matthew 5.3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, this, this has tripped up a lot of people. Right off the get-go, people see this word here, poor, and it has, it has a negative nuance to it. Because when we relate poor, today we say, oh, that has to do with not having money, being broke, and not being high society. Or, you know, I can't be, I can't be wealthy if I'm going to follow Jesus. I have to be poor. I have to sell everything. Oh my gosh, look it. I have wealth. I have a bank account, and it's doing well. I have a job. I have an income. is doing well. No, it's good that you have a job. It's good that you have a bank account because you, if you're you're a depend, you at least are dependent of yourself, right? And that is there's absolutely nothing to do with it. And we could, of course, of course, go to the Greek word here, "ptokos," which means simply poor. If you look at it for what its basic meaning it means, it means, um, <laughs> well, Bdag would say it means being miserable, shabby, poor. A beggar, poor woman. I don't think this really is hitting it right here because what people do in Greek is they they just go to the they go to vines and and they look up the meaning of the words and we all know that words have more than just one meaning. Words can mean a number of different things and they look at it and they say, oh, it means to be economically disadvantaged and dependent upon other people, and they. They, they see that definition there and they shy away from it and they don't want to preach it because in America, like I said before, we're health and wellness people. We believe in the healthy gospel. The gospel... The me, better, new year, new me, do, be the better, best version of you. And how can you be the best version of you when you are poor and you are miserable and you are shabby and you are economically disadvantaged? Does this mean I need to get food stamps? Does this mean that I need to go on welfare? What does this mean? Does this mean I need to support a presidential candidate that has the most compassion on people like that? And that that's not anything to do with it. Another definition that BDAC provides for us is he tells us that it means perhaps lacking in spiritual worth. Now, this is important. To understand that we have a lack in our spiritual worth. It doesn't take much to prove this at all, that we had a lack in our spiritual worth. And I'm, I'm telling you this right from the beginning. If you understood that when you are born in this world, Psalm 51 five says, I was born in sin and in, 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 iniqu- in iniquity my mom conceived me. There's the doctrine of being born into sin. Now, I know there are some people that don't believe in this doctrine. I have a hard time understanding anybody Can be A Christian doesn't see that we're born as sinners. You have proclivity to sin. It's not going to take long before you kind of grow into your own consciousness that you you kind of realize after being a baby, I don't know what year that is, about one or two, when you kind of start getting your bearings in this world, being able to make your own choices, and you just start being disobedient to your parents, maybe telling a lie, maybe beating up your brother, your little brother, your sister, pushing them around a little bit, that you realize, hey, something's not right. I'm kind of like I have a tendency to be selfish and look out for myself. And you start to realize that we all have a little bit of lack of spiritual worth. We don't have what we need, and we're born in sin. And being poor, this is where that idea comes in, is that this isn't talking about your finances and your personal wealth, although it could include that. It has nothing to do with that. Actually, when you kind of get behind the word, And you study it from the Septuagint, or the LXS, which which is the Greek version of the Old Testament. Jesus would have had it at his time. And you go to Psalm chapter 33, verse 19 in the Greek Old Testament, you'll find that it means one who humbly trusts God in their impoverished state. So what being poor in spirit is really telling us is that there's a secret. The, the, The basic secret of following Christ starts off begins when we recognize that we have a need, a spiritual need. And like I said before, we're spiritually bankrupt. I don't have enough spiritual virtue in and of myself to supply and meet God's standards. I don't have enough spiritual well-being in and of myself to meet the just requirements of Holy God. And so perhaps or what Jesus is saying here, if you want to be successful in this life, you have to recognize this. And that means means feeling that need at some point in your life and getting real with that need. Now, this, I believe, happens the moment that the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin. If you're born again, you're saved. This happened to you at some point. Now, I'm not saying since that time you haven't felt that, that there hasn't been times where you felt that spiritual need again. Hopefully, you feel that more or less every single day, because it drives your dependency on the Lord. Now, I'm not saying you're worthless and that you're some type of worm, and that you you you're no good and you you don't have enough value to raise your head. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what I'm suggesting is that at some point in your life, the Holy Spirit is going to convict you and tell you, and He's going to show you this. And the wise Christian or the wise person I should say who becomes a follower of Christ recognizes this and says, "Hey, you know what?" I am a sinner, Romans 3.23, all of sin and come short of the glory of God, Romans 10.13, for all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wait, this is what, this Romans 10.13, even though Matthew's gospel here is not Pauline, but I'm, I'm saying that the idea was the same, this is a systematic now, is that Paul was kind of getting at the same idea. We recognize that we have a spiritual need and we take it to God. And we say, hey God, okay, I'm stopping. Now, I like to listen to people's testimonies, and I like to hear when people at this point or at some point in their life, they, they recognize this. I had a pastor tell me this testimony of a brother. He's actually a fantastic preacher now. He's been preaching for a long time, but he told me, oh, he was, he didn't start off that way, but he kind of encountered this in prison where he was just, had his back against the wall, and his mother came in and, and gave him some spiritual material, and he reached out to it, and and he got born again and saved, and he realized he needed Christ into his life, and, and and in prison, this is where it happened. Me, I was 12 years old. I always tell my testimony. I was 12 years old. I was at a youth service. The conviction of God came over me, and I realized, yep, I've grown up in a Bible atmosphere my whole life, but I don't know Jesus, and I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that I really need to make this thing real and invite him and trust him through faith in him to be saved. So at some point, my assumption is if you listen to this podcast, probably 9 out of 10 who listen to this are believers that you've encountered that before. And that's the beginning of of a better life. And this word here means having a dependency upon God, feeling that need, and then reaching reaching out to God for Him to save you from that and to give you your spiritual worth. And so the question is, have you done that today? And I think that, I want to say this, is, you know, we have had, since maybe the 1980s, this overabundance. I don't say overabundance like it's a bad thing, but an abundance. We'll call it an abundance. We've had an abundance of teaching on who we are in Christ, and that is fantastic because a lot of religion taught you that you're nothing, you're a worm, and you are the low of the lows, and nothing's good inside of you, and 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 it kind of created a, a, a passive and maybe a hesitant Christianity, where we come to the Lord with our head always down, and we can't, we just don't have any confidence to, the Bible says, "Come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and and grace in time of need, and we kind of hesitated, and we had this brand of Christianity where it's just, we are the low of the lows. But then we had this in Christ teaching that came, and it taught us who we are in Christ, and what we are in Christ, and how we renew our minds in Christ to these truths, and that's been great, and it's been fantastic. I can tell you that my life as a Christian changed when I began to uncover my identity in Christ. And I still teach a lot of that today uh, in my church and different places that I go. I always try to include an element of who you are in Christ uh, because things do, do change. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.7, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, all things have passed away, all things become new. Second 2 Corinthians 5.17, excuse me. That's that's great. I think though that with that in mind, we also should we should balance that out with the fact that it's only because we're in Christ. And the tendency sometimes can be to have so much of that teaching that we have a temptation to sometimes feel that this has to be about us. That's where worship comes in. Worship is acknowledging the greatness of God. It's uplifting the greatness of God and realizing that all this that we have that's ours, being the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. I've done a lot of this on Greek for the Week, is in fact because of him. And we only get to partake in that when we first recognize that without God, without Christ, we are Spiritually bankrupt. We have no access into the kingdom, and it's all because of Him. So, our approach to being in Christ should be just that recognizing it's as long as we remain in Christ. And Christo is what the Greek says, and that word in means sort of an identity or having a, a position in Christ. And that's very important. But it can't go without thinking that it's in and of ourselves or boasting in and of ourselves. If our boasting is going to be of anyone, it has to be of Christ. He's the one that gives us spiritual worth. And at times, at times, it's good to recognize your own frailty. You know, with the passing of Kobe Bryant, it was sad to see that. You don't like to see anybody have tragedy in their life. It doesn't matter what their convictions are, what their beliefs are. I don't know where, what he was religiously or what his convictions were about Jesus Christ. It's sad to, you know, it's terrible tragedy because I grew up watching him as a basketball player. I really felt his loss because he was somebody that I watched all the time. I'm a Pistons fan because I'm from Detroit, but I liked Kobe, and the Pistons played the Lakers in the 2004 NBA Finals. I was cheering against Kobe, but I liked him. And I liked how he gave interviews, and I just I enjoyed him as a basketball player, as a person. I really felt that loss. and But it reminded me of our own mortality. And I think that we all felt our own frailty, very much so uh, a few weeks ago when this happened. And you know what? Feeling that frailty... I'm not saying the grieving and the loss, but understanding and taking that into consideration at times, especially when somebody hasn't died, is a good thing. We should recognize, you know, we're we're really nothing without Christ. We're we're nothing, we need him, we have to have him because look at how frail we are as human beings and, and my hope is in me. That creates humility in your life and that creates a place for the Holy Spirit to come in and to work in your life when he sees you trusting in God. He sees you that, hey, it's, it's not about my empires. It's not about what I've built. It's not about my business. It's not about everything that I consider a means of boasting. It's really about Jesus. When you have that in your life, you can be humble. I've met very successful people who've done well in the business world, have done well in the private sector, corporate America, but they're humble and they shine with Jesus. And when you get to the bottom of it, they'll tell you, oh, I'm, not, I'm nothing without Jesus. I'm so thankful He's in my life this would be important, Spirit, recognizing your lack of spiritual worth and trusting in God through Christ Jesus to provide it. And I can tell you that that is the beginning to following Jesus. And that's why it's at the beginning of the Beatitudes. So I want to encourage you today, trust in Jesus, follow Jesus, and he will provide you spiritual worth and value that will cause people to be envious of you. Okay? God bless you. Remember... Letters from Jesus. It's on sale for four seventy-five. dollars Come on, pick it up today. If you already have it, get it on the copy for a friend. Get three copies and pass them out to your friends at church. They'll be so happy they got a book from you. You know what I do sometimes is I buy books for people, and then I earmark a chapter, and I say, Chapter 7 is really for you. Look at, Take the whole book, but I want you to read Chapter 7 because this really, I think, is going to speak into your life. They'll be so happy for it. And, and you know, don't give them your book. Buy them a book of their own. You know why? Because you're going to want that book later on. And I don't like asking people back for books back. I just buy them books and just say, hey, here you go. Enjoy it. If you like the podcast, subscribe, send it to a friend, share this podcast with a friend, give it a five-star on Amazon. We love you so much, and we'll talk to you soon on Greek for the week. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.